Hello and welcome to Witchy Wellness Radio. I'm your host, Lauren Cholantani, women's holistic health coach and fellow recovering perfectionist. This podcast was created to show you that your body is not in the way, it is actually leading your way. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Witchy Wellness Radio. You are listening to episode 173, Radical Enlightenment with Kevin Russell. I am very particular about the type of CBD and hemp products that I use. There's so much hype and lack of testing and quality in the industry. So the company that I love and use is Evo Hemp. Not only do they have a beautiful product like hemp seeds, CBD oil, gummies, even hemp chocolate, protein bars, protein powder. They also support a 40-acre co-op farm in Minnesota, which is farmer-owned, focusing on bringing quality and innovation back to Black, Indigenous, and other socially disadvantaged farmers. So if you are looking into trying any type of CBD or hemp products, head over to evohemp.com. The link is in the show notes and make sure you use code witchy, W-I-C-T-H-Y for 20% off of your purchase. And without further ado, please enjoy episode 173, Radical Enlightenment with Kevin Russell. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Witchy Wellness Radio. And this is a show you learn how your body and emotions are not in the way, but they're actually leading the way. And today we are talking to Kevin Russell, who is a conscious accelerator who uses energy transformation and subconscious change techniques to rewrite programs and conditioning that keep us stuck in life, providing relief from stress and trauma. As a clairvoyant and intuitive, he also channels a hyper-personal, directed knowing messages and insight to help others expand awarenesses, release resistance, and reconnect to their innate wholeness. He's authored a groundbreaking book, Radical Enlightenment, My Guy on the Ninth Floor, which has written after profound enlightenment experience that connected him to his higher energetic self. He has become It has become a handbook for leveling up consciousness, fulfillment, and the connection to your higher self so that you can reach your own state of radical enlightenment. Ooh, I want to dive into every part of that bio. Oh my goodness, Kevin. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Lauren, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. I'm happy to join you. Yeah. Oh my goodness. We talked off air. We wanted to start one way, but I'm like, oh my gosh, we can go all these different directions. But first I want to hear that. I love hearing people's hero's journey. Hmm. Uh, a lot of us, some of us, I'm sure were born knowing they wanted to do this kind of work. Sure. For me, it wasn't that way. Yeah. Life, life in these experiences, my higher self guided me, even though I was way off the mark in some areas, <laughs> but it really wasn't. It was on the mark going straight to where I need to be. Yeah. How did you get to, to do the work that you do today? And obviously that experience of writing mm. radical enlightenment too. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, I appreciate the the question, and it, it is it, it's so true. It's um, you know some of us and I, some of my clients that I work with are they've been you know kind of had their switch flipped on since an early age, and so they've had knowings or visions or seeings or understandings. Um, and I, I was more in your camp. Um, I really I don't I, I said I didn't choose it. You know, the universe kind of tapped me um, at a time when things were at a point of confluence. Um, so I kind of backed into it. Uh, 
I've been doing my own exploration, my own journey for about 20 years with yoga, breathwork, meditation, um, different energy transformation modalities, um, body talk. Um, there's something called biofield harmonics, which is actually the session in which I had my, my, my big expansion experience. Um, but before that I was a designer for 20 years, I was in user experience, user interface, UI, UX, computer, um, human computer interaction design. Um, which interestingly enough, in retrospect, was training for breaking down complex systems into more simple and easy to understand applications, and then having them be much more functional for us as the user. Um, so then kind of those two pillars were going on. Um, my wife at the time, I, I always say I was kind of in her slipstream. Like if she was the boat, I was just riding the wake because she was the one doing a lot of deep dives, getting a lot of the information looking at things like um, Dr. John Sarno, um, Joe Dispenza, um, Lynn McTaggart, you know, the, the, the field power versus force, which is another great book. Um, so I'm just gleaning. I'm just kind of by osmosis getting all these things. We're talking and having beautiful conversations and very, very deep and very broad and expansive uh, along the way. And then we get introduced to subconscious transformation um, through the modalities of psychological kinesiology, uh, where it's using muscle testing and psychological inquiry at the subconscious level to really get to the root of what's going on, and something called the emotion code. And that's uh, both of those were were powerhouses. And then the 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 so those were the kindling. And then for me, the match was learning how to self muscle test. And then I just went. I got silly with it. I was, I stopped, I stopped making decisions. I really just started like muscle testing what to, what shirt to wear, what to have for lunch, what shampoo to use. Cause I was more interested in and intrigued by the, um, the information and the responses I was getting from my system. So I was kind of plodding along, feeling better, clearing out a lot of my own stuff. And then I got to this point where I felt like I always say at the time, I felt like a toddler in a dark room. I could feel my way around. I could, I could tell and sense kind of what was there, but I couldn't quite make it out. Um, and then I have this kind of lightning bolt, you know, supernova in my mind experience of the most profound connection um, and feeling more like home than I've ever felt in any house. Um, and the voice in my head changed in, in this experience. And what I heard in my own voice was, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you made it. We're going to have so much fun together. <laughs> I'm like, all right, that's something new. That's that's not a that's not an average Thursday afternoon. So let uh, the let the connection reconcile. Uh, you know, at the time I thought I won. I did it. I was like, oh, I connected. I made. I this is this is an enlightenment experience. This is amazing. I, you know, get the golden ring, do the thing, and then it's right back into the human experience with this additional layer of awareness and expansion that you're that you're operating with. So the book ended up kind of flying out of me in two and a half weeks in December of 2019. Um, and it was really just a, a stripped down. Um, this is how things are structured from a quantum physics unified field theory standpoint, which really just kind of proves or validates from a Western mindset, everything that Eastern practices and ancient philosophies have known for, for eons. Um, but that was really my connection point of, for me personally, putting theology, philosophy, science, uh, new age, self-help, spirituality all together. It's like, oh, it, it's all energy. It all, it all is connected. And because we are quantum, 
we can actually affect our outcomes in life by holding up that fear, by taking that dive on the inside and discerning between us, the capital U, and our systems and our bodies and our life experiences. Um, because there is a differentiation layer there. We are the things we experience, but we are so much more as well. And so that was kind of a, that was kind of what kicked everything off a couple of years ago. And then it's just been, been hit the ground running since then. Ooh, hooey. Oh my <laughs> goodness. Yeah. I, I definitely resonate with so many people. Um, I got into Dr. Joe Dispenza's work. Mm. Oh gosh. Over four years ago now. And I, yeah. I've been to a bunch of his retreats and, you know, a lot of, other big teachers or practitioners out there. And, and you have these beautiful, either at home or during a different type of session or retreat, you have these experiences mm. like you have, mm-hmm. but the caveat is you can't just go back to your life <laughs> the same thing, but you can, I guess, to sure. extent, but, and so many of us try to. Yeah. And so it, it's about kind of integrating that and, and like, okay, so like you said, I have this newfound awareness, but I have to go back into this 3D body, into this human experience. What's this, yeah. What does that mean? How does that, how does that look like? And I wanted to like shift the conversation into, it's really discovering your inner power and how that's all connected, like mind, body, spirit. And I think those experiences for me, it's just a deeper understanding of what that really means. It mm-hmm. almost adds to my my truth. I don't think there's just mm-hmm. one truth. I have a facet of the truth, if mm-hmm. you will. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it's 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 so so true. And with, with your experience, did you find that it was little kind of gems here and there from um, Zen Buddhism? They're called Satori experiences. Those micro enlightenments along the way. Those aha moments. Those light bulb moments that go off. Did you have, were you finding it was that, or did you have some big ones that kind of rocked you as well? I, we call them, uh, my partner and I call them kisses from the universe, you know, little, little synchronicities. Yeah. I would say I didn't have a full blown pop experience, but I've had a a bunch of different Kundalini type experiences where Mm -hmm. um, I felt like I was orgasming in my brain and, you know, like very nice, very beautiful and um, deep, profound experience of feelings of my heart opening of feeling the, the divine sense of love for me and for everything else. And, you know, the creator, it was equally the same. Um, Those two point out, I, 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 my, my uh, human self is very scared to have an out-of-body experience. So it's mm. something that I okay. work through in my own stuff is like, you know, the death is not really a death 3D, Lauren. Right. And because what I've been very close numerous times, but that, that ego, mm. that default self, you want to ever call it this 3D creation. Yeah will snap me out of it. So that, 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 so I haven't had like out of body experience, but I've had beautiful spiritual experiences in the body. (laughs) That's great. And honestly, you know, so much of, so many of us are so detached from our bodies in many ways that that is not only a beautiful place to start, but it's also a beautiful place to continue practicing because our bodies are our microphone. It's our loudspeaker. It's our PA system. 
And if we're, if we're shut down or we're turned off or we're disconnected from it, it's going to be really hard to get that inner knowing to, 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 to reconnect really with that inner power, that inner light that's been there the entire time. It's just that we happen to inhabit these amazingly powerful and spectacularly capable bio machines, these bodies that we're in. And if we look at it from a programmatic standpoint, the only thing, the only prime directive that this system has is keep the us, keep the passenger, keep the, 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 um, the, the driver when we're doing it right, safe, planned for, and protected at all costs. And this is at the cost of our happiness, at the cost of our health, at the cost of our wholeness, at the cost of our abundance, at the cost of all the good things that we want to experience in life. Because our system doesn't care about our happiness. It only cares about our survival. It's really, it's a, it's kind of an extremist in that way. So the opportunity is to, for me, was to excavate those layers of conditioning and programming because our systems are like everything, for me, everything is quantum. We are quantum. We are excitations in an even bigger quantum field, which is why there's this perception shift of, oh, we're, we're um, observing quantum fluctuations at the, at the subatomic level. We can actually, you know, at CERN, they've actually isolated. You can actually see an atom. So we're doing all these things at the micro, but we haven't collectively or broadly applied these same principles to our own lives. And maybe it is that perception of separation. Maybe it is that perception of, oh, there's that, but that is not me, even though that is 100% me. Um, so for me, and I'm glad you mentioned uh, the out of body. So one of the, the tenants or one of the, the, the things that I, that's always followed me is, um, yes. And with, with a lot of the, the learning and a lot of the um, knowledge that's come before, um, because a couple to your point about five, six, seven years ago, what I was hearing as far as the solution was, well, um, repeat your mantra up to 800 times a day or meditate for up to eight hours a day. I'm like, I don't have time for that, nor do I want to do that. That just sounds miserable. Um, and the challenge is that both of those practices really do stay at the conscious level. So for meditating, we're in a cross-legged or lotus position. It's good, but we're not completely breaking the electromagnetic signature that we're experiencing. And so if, let's say our meditation is in the evening and we go through a day and something happens when we wake up or our alarm doesn't go off. And then it's just this domino effect of stress and negativity throughout the day. And we get home and oh, we take a sigh and we're still kind of, you know, energized or jittery from the day. And we go straight into meditation. We're in such a state of fight, flight, freeze at the, at the subconscious, at the, at the really the fascia, the, the cellular level that it's, it can be challenging. And that's where you get the, the, um, I call them either emotional drive-bys or, um, thought drive-bys of it. It's like, Oh, you did this. Oh, this was your fault. Oh, you came up short here. I oh, remember that thing that happened 12 years ago. Yeah. You should really start ruminating on that right now. And we're in meditation. We're trying to clear it all out, but we're getting all of these like, you know, internal virtual ads of, you know, conditioning and programming being uh, you know thrown at us. So the simplest way to disrupt that or to extend that practice is simply to cross our arms as well as our legs, because that's completing the disruption of the circuit. So if we're crossing the midline of our body, we're electromagnetic. So we're disrupting whatever pattern is currently at play. So it's negative. If it's negative and we go into what's called a whole brain or a hookup posture, that's going to disrupt the electromagnetic resonance or broadcast that's currently being projected. So that is one quick and easy way that we can really get 
get the conditioning a little bit out of the way, you know, get and see, have a little bit more clear sky as far as, well, where am I separate from myself? Where have I been not in my own space and my own power, which is much more akin, you know, it's not a temporary power. It's not this like fire and brimstone power. It's much more akin to uh, a martial arts master where uh, my, my wife always says some of the most calm and peaceful and kind and gentle people are black belts in in any um, modality in any um, area of focus from a martial arts standpoint and it's kind of the same with us where once we get to a place of comfort and knowing and we're not grasping things outside of ourselves for our happiness for our wholeness for our fulfillment it it, it almost i mean it's it's it it puts you in a place of resilience and really starts practicing in an area of being change proof where regardless of what's going on outside of you you're still maintaining your anchor, your true north, because we've been cultivating and practicing these relationships with ourselves. Oh boy. And, you know, in the past few years, a lot of people have either tuned into that or realized they might need to tune into that. Um, yeah. yeah, I'd love to talk more about the importance of being self-reliant, of being self-resilient. Now, for me, it's like, no matter what, the external weather conditions are well humans have so many different things we like to create externally mm. to 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 disrupt us internally for me it's getting to a place where my belief is that you know the, the event does not create my emotion my emotion creates the event mm. so what what am i tuning into more and it's for me it's like law of attraction but yeah. like realizing okay if i believe i am the creator of my life what where does that belief fall short it's everything mm -hmm. it's not anything outside of me it's it's all me and for me i think that's i don't know if there is one definition of self-resiliency or reliancy mm -hmm. but that's kind of how i tune into i'd love to hear your take on all of that yeah it, so it's you know a lot of times we live life with other people's programs because that's what we get when we're really little. So we, we understand and we recognize how mom and dad are. And this, this goes beyond observation. This is energetic magnetic attraction or magnetic absorption. Like we, if you, so example, if you walk into a room um, after a fight has occurred and you almost feel that static electricity, that, that tension in the air, or you walk into another room right after there's been a surprise birthday party and you feel kind of that just joy and love and happiness and excitement. That's that's literally our electromagnetic field broadcasting our our experience, broadcasting where we're at. So for me, the first thing, the first one of the first steps was really going back to holding up that mirror, taking stock of every belief I've ever held, every thought I've ever had, mostly about myself and about other people as well, judgments, assumptions, um, and really holding those to task on the inside. Are these valid? Does this resonate with me? Because so often we adopt these ways of being because of the family we're born into, but we don't ever question it because we go into survival mode. Oh, this is the way to be in order to be safe in this family, in this neighborhood, in this society, in this town. And then a lot of times we we just kind of go through life a little bit, you know, under the radar in that respect. Like, well, this is the program I've got. I'm going to run this, and then that's life, I guess. Or we swing the pendulum the other way 
And then a lot of us will have the, and this was my experience. And when I was uh, in adolescence, no, dad, you don't know. I'm going to do it myself. Because as as sovereign energetic beings, I feel like each of us have this layer of needing to know for ourselves. And if that gets either, you know, um, encouraged or drowned out of us, that is going to diminish our capacity for so many things. One, to really feel everything. And the best way to get to self-reliance is feel it all and let it all go. Because we hold on to, oh, well, you did this in the past. Oh, well, this happened before. And we're not only we're holding ourselves to past experiences or expressions, we're doing that for everyone else as well. So it's almost like um, we're kind of freezing a lot of our life in kryptonite or in um, uh, in Star Wars, whatever Han Solo was was frozen in. Um, oh crap! I'm for, I'm having not, a brain fart kryptonite. now. I know what he said right before he got frozen. Yeah, exactly. I know yeah. totally. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's that's what we do to people. We take a snapshot and we you know because again, it's not even us. This is our system. So self reliance is one reducing the importance of things that happen outside of us and recognizing that really nothing else anyone does has anything to do with us. Even in a partnership or a spousal experience, if there's tension or if there's fighting or if um, you know something happens and there's a huge reaction on the other partner's standpoint, it has nothing to do with the other person. It has everything to do with what they've experienced. And for the majority of, of expressions, fear is right below the surface of anger. Fear is right below the surface of reaction because we get conditioned into this. We box ourselves in living in these biomachines and we're up against a pretty, uh, a pretty, pretty formidable um, component. It's not an opponent to, to your point, what you said earlier, this is all here for us. This is all opportunity. So we can be driven by the system and be in the back seat and just, you know, we're going to, there's nobody at the driver's seat other than our others are other than our subconscious. So we may careen off of walls or we may careen into guardrails, or we can take the more challenging, but more fulfilling route of getting our hands back on the wheel, disrupting these subconscious programs, recognizing when they arise, and then moving through these practices that we can employ of um, not only disrupting and eliminating that negative electromagnetic resonance, bringing us back to stasis, back to balance, but then actually getting into the subconscious level and inquiring what was behind the reaction. Because all those reactions are the symptoms. Those are not the, 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 the arguing with the, the spouse or the, the chronic illness or the uh, allergies or whatever it is. Those are symptoms of a greater underlying dis, uh, state of dis-ease. Not to diminish the physical components of it, not to diminish the three-dimensional components of it, because everything is connected. But in my experience and what I've experienced with my clients is that the, the vast under, underground lake of causality is these subconscious programs and energetic traumas that are really stored at, at the subconscious level. Oof. Yes. And we were talking off air. We wanted to maybe walk through a brief exercise on how to disrupt this negative pattern. And I told you, this isn't the first time and not the last time I say it. I do this podcast because I always have guests on that I need to hear what they're saying, everybody. Like, yes, I'm sharing this all for all the beautiful listeners out there, but it never ceases to amaze me. I was like, yeah, I was clear on a little bit of anger that came up this morning. Yeah. And what a perfect opportunity to 
to dive deeper into that. So thank you. I love it. For, for offering this because <laughs> yeah. we're all going to walk through it together. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Um, so this is a process of um, recognition, disruption, and reconciliation. And so if, we're, if we don't recognize something is off, like if you, were, if you hadn't recognized I'm feeling angry or anger, then, the, then your system is running the show. And then we'll just go through the day just griping and, you know, yeah, it's error. Um, so that's step one is the recognition. Um, step two is the disruption. And so we can do that in a number of different ways. Breathwork is one of the, the, the shortest routes. Um, I mentioned earlier in the show of a body posture called the hookup or the, the whole brain posture, which is another brilliant one. And that's what we're going to do when we're kind of getting into inquiry, because we want our system to be at, a, at mu as much of a state of stasis and balance. Because, you know, it's, it's kind of like trying to read a, a, a newspaper that's been really wound up. Like if, we, if you wind a soft newspaper up tight enough, you can almost hit a baseball with it. It becomes so rigid, but you can't get much information out of it. So in order to really get that information, we need to relax the system and let those pages unfold so we can actually kind of get the lay of the land. Um, so for this instance, Lauren's already gone through the recognition. Like I woke up, I had some anger. Um, and this is, an, this is going to be a thing where we got to find the right time and place. Um, you know, say we were driving to work, we woke up, something happened, and we woke up with anger, we, something happened that we made us angry. And um, you know, I'm not sure how many people are driving to work these days, but maybe walking from the bedroom to the kitchen is, is our commute. And we take a little detour into a side room or into a bathroom. And then uh, we can utilize something which I'm calling a disruption breath. I'm sure it's got a bunch of different names. But for this one, we're going to do three short inhalations through our nose and one long forceful exhalation through our mouth, almost like, uh, like uh, compressing a bellows, like really get those intercostal muscles of the, of the ribs and get the abdomen involved as well. When we're doing the, um, the inhalations, relaxed abdomen, because we do want the diaphragm to expand, get oxygen into those lower lobes of the lungs. So for this one, we'll go, we'll go 15 and see if we'll, we'll do 15 reps and see if that does it. So I, I liken this to um, energetic or uh, uh, emotional hit training. So we're gonna we're gonna go for it. We're gonna do 15 counts and really, really, we're gonna both go for it. We're gonna do it at the same time and I'll count us down. Um, for those that are listening, if maybe if you do try this, uh, make sure this is at a place where you're safe. We don't want to do this driving heavy machinery or even behind a wheel of a car unless we're parked. Um, this can create some lightheadedness. It can create some tingles in the extremities, uh, in the limbs, uh, hands and feet. Uh, a warm flush or a chill can move through the body. Um, it could also feel like there's uh, almost like a, a superdome is opening up. And you're getting a little bit more clarity or a little bit more blue sky in your mental landscape. So we'll see if 15 does the, does the trick. If not, we can go more. So for this one, arms and legs are going to be uncrossed. Nice, relaxed abdomen. And then I'll go, I'll, I'll count three, two, one, and then we'll start, start our breathing. Okay. So three, two, one. Halfway there. 
three more. Last one. Then we'll do one more. Push it all out. Push, push, push. Hold on empty. So right now, Lauren and I are holding on empty. All of this oxygen that we just flooded our system with, with our heartbeat is coursing through our system. I'm feeling a little tingly in the back of my head, feeling a little tingly in my jaw, a little in my, my clavicle here. And then, so I'm holding my breath right now. So are you doing okay? Okay. So we'll give it maybe another 20 seconds. So on the holding on empty, we're allowing our system to transfer carbon dioxide. And so we're carbon dioxide is building up in the lungs. Oxygen is flooding all of our systems. So go ahead and give me a nod when you're ready, Lauren. I love, was that, was that a ready? You're, you're still good. I'm so good. Okay, perfect. So at, Lauren has obviously been uh, training with breathwork for a while. And you'll find that uh, the more you train your breathing and the more we look at a relaxed diaphragm as part of our breathing, we're going to expand these holds on empty. Okay, so when you're ready, we're going to take one big inhale, fill up belly, fill up lungs, hold at the top and squeeze everything. We're going to make a fist, squeeze our limbs, engage all of our muscles. And this is that second dose of oxygenated flood of our system. And then go ahead and just relax and release when you're ready. So that's, 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 uh, prep, that's prepping the system. Okay. So we're, we're prepping ourselves for this, this deeper dive. So allow ourselves to come back to a natural breathing cadence, still with a nice relaxed abdomen. I always say we're going for more of a Buddha belly than bodybuilder belly. We really want to, for, for those of a certain age, I say more Homer Simpson than David Hasselhoff. More Simpsons than Baywatch. So nice, relaxed abdomen. Uh, and this is shifting to more of a, a Thai Buddha, Buddhist forest meditation breathing. We're nice, relaxed abdomen, nice, full breathing, but nothing forced. We're not going into Wim Hof. We're not doing a disruption breath. Almost just like a, 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 one of those bobbing um, birds that has the water in it. Nice, even draw on the inhale. Nice, relaxed exhale as we bob back down. So our next step, so th that was disruption number one. Disruption number two, we're going to cross our ankle or our legs at our ankles and our arms at our wrists. And from here, with our, with our wrists crossed, we can just rest our hands on our thighs. Or if you turn your thumbs down, you can interlace your fingers and then rest those clasped hands in your lap or fold under and up and give yourself a little mini self-hug. So with our nice, relaxed, diaphragmatic breathing, Just connect with that breath. Settle into this moment. Feel the clothing on your skin. Feel the air of the room. Maybe getting a ray or two of the sunlight streaming in. Feeling our chest and belly rise and fall with our breath. And this is when we're going to address our system. So in your mind, bring to the forefront that, that feeling of anger or the thought of anger you had this morning. 
and see if you can identify where you felt it in your body. Oh yeah. Uh, for me, root yeah. chakra. Okay. So yeah. right, right in the base. Okay. So was it, um, was it a feeling like, uh, like inflammation, like in, like in a fire? Was it cool? cold? Um, I know when my root needs to be cleared. Okay. Got it. <laughs> so I do a lot of breath work and I had been doing a lot of root work this weekend. So okay. stuff okay. came up to be cleared more. So, so Lauren has her practice to an extent where she recognizes where certain things manifest in her system. So this is that mind body connection we're talking to talking about. So if we, if, if we just stop and I'm so angry right now, then we're stopping in the reaction. We're not moving through the reaction. So identifying where we feel it in our body is a very powerful way to not only make this connection, but to deepen this, this inquiry. So Lauren has brought back. Yep. Okay. I had this anger and felt it in my root chakra. And so go ahead and let yourself feel that anger a little bit more. So almost maybe turn up that dial just a touch and see if that doesn't intensify the feeling a little bit. And now we're going to begin or continue our relationship with ourself. So I always encourage this to be a very personal label or a pronoun. Um, I always give a, a, a spread. So let me know what works for you. So we can use super conscious, inner knowing, God, source, spirit, universe, super Lauren, inner Lauren. Any or all of the above is fine. <laughs> okay. So super conscious is an easy one. So we'll, we'll say super conscious. So our super conscious is that part of us that has the knowing. It, ha it, it, it knows what to do, where to do it, and how to do it in order to make us uh, feel whole, complete, balanced, and really on that road back to our, our own innate awesomeness, our own innate power. So for this one, quietly to yourself, we're going to ask the question or um, direct this aspect of us, super conscious, show me what was behind, show me what is behind this anger I felt this morning. And then just wait. And then we stop thinking and see what answer comes to you. This can manifest as a memory, a snapshot of the past, a movie scene, song lyric, a color. Hmm. Well, for me, the the thought was I knew when I was going through it, this is might be a little different for everybody else, that I was angry at everyone and everything, but really hmm. I was angry at myself for you know, X, Y, Z for not putting myself first mm. is where that, where that came from. Um, ironically I did because I was feeling a little under, under the weather last night. So I decided I would let myself sleep in. I'm normally a very early riser to get, take myself, put myself first. But mm. when I woke up today, I call it my default self or my program self mm. wanted to say you're lazy even though I was taking care of myself, putting myself first. So yeah, I, I definitely narrowed in this earlier and that's definitely what was coming up. And as we were doing that, sorry, the audio was bad, but my stomach and coming up through my throat, I was having a little digestive noises while we asked those questions. Cause I think 
some clearing was happening. <laughs> exactly. Yep. That is, that's energy transformation. <laughs> that's energy moves, moves away of least resistance. And yep. for me, that's digestively. And I get, a I, lot get a of lot the time. Of, I get a lot of yawning. Yeah. It's called, uh, it's, it's, uh, for those that are listening, it's called off gassing. Yeah. Um, so it can be yawning, burping, flatulence, um, coughing, uh, yes. sneezing can even be uh, in the realm as well. So it's, it's funny. As soon as I heard that little gurgle, I was like, yeah. all right. That's yeah, great. we're good. We're, I know. Working, I was like working. waiting for it to pass before yeah. I talked. Yeah. <laughs> so let's take one extra little step here um, because the the program that you ran up against was what are you doing sleeping in? You're lazy. Mm-hmm. So let's look at that because you were, you were, you, you, you did the self-care. You're like, you know what? I'm feeling a little, little under, I'm feeling a little off. I'm going to sleep in tomorrow. So that was, that was a beautiful expression of self-care. If we've got mm-hmm. the space, let's do that. Yeah. No, I don't, many of us are very, very underslept or under rested <laughs> um, in general. So let's close our eyes one more time. Reconnect with that nice, relaxed belly breath. And this time we'll, we'll inquire super conscious. Show me what is behind my system's reaction of feeling lazy or unworthy when I sleep in. Well, I got the inner belief that, you know, you're not enough or you're not, you're not still not doing enough. Mm. So this is what, now this, this is the journey. This is the path. Mm-hmm. So then we keep going. If you'd like to, we, we can keep going. Otherwise we can, we can shift. But for those listening, if you get these answers, you're not enough. That's not a stopping point. That's the next sign point in the journey. So then it's like, okay, show me what's behind feeling like I'm not doing enough and then see what the answer is. So it's almost this, uh, this Hansel and Gretel breadcrumb approach where we just keep inquir- inquiring. And our system will keep providing answers and we can go until we get like a depth charge answer of, Oh my gosh, this was something from my mom or my dad or my sibling, my older sibling, or, and we get to these root causes. And that's where you get this. um, My wife, Kelly calls them truth bumps or this depth charge in the the center of our being of that is absolutely 100% what it is. And a lot of times when we get to that point, um, well, I should say once we get to that point, so what do we do with it? Once we get to that point of awareness or knowledge, so then we can either burn it out or let it melt away. So if it's something where it, uh, you know, the, the baseline or the starting point for us in this exercise today was anger. So say we get all the way and we unravel it to um, you were, you were scolded or, or reprimanded for something when you were young and you get dropped right back into that experience in your mental landscape. And we can either, intensify the anger and really lean into that emotion, almost like pouring more fuel on the fire to burn it out. Or we can shift and look at it with uh, radical empathy, which is one of the, the practices that um, I've got in the book, which is kind of a, a pillar of this um, uh, approach that we've taken and recognize that our parents are just doing the best they can. And everyone else in the world is doing the absolute best they can with the tools that they've got in every given moment. And for those listening, apply this to your worst of the worst person you can imagine. They are still doing the absolute best they can with the tools they've got. All of us are here practicing. None of us have any of the answers. And we're all just out here trying. 
And so a way to move away from the trying and a, a, a way to move into the knowing or the doing are these methods of inquiry, really getting to those subconscious visceral layers of what was the trigger that brought forth this anger in the first place, really getting under the symptoms, getting to those root causes and then excavating. We can, you know what? Oh my gosh. You know, if, if we see our, let's say it was dad and we're looking up and we see ourselves in this, as this, you know, we see through the eyes of this little toddler, this little adolescent looking up at dad being really angry at us. This is our sandbox. This is our playground, our, our, our 4D, I call it. This is our consciousness. I always say that the brain is the entire body and our actual brain structure is more similar to Grand Central Station. It's a, it's a through point. There's a lot of activity going on and it's a place that we can not only experience uh, what we've experienced in the past through and experienced life through right now, we can gain insight and access to those deeper parts of us to really get into those knowing layers. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That was beautiful. Yeah. I mean, after you, I won't share on, on air, but as you were saying that I did come and I know what sitting down, I know, cause I, I've done a lot of work with, with anger this past mm-hmm. year and it was the same root, root cause that was just yeah. coming up to clear yeah. in a different way from childhood. But I've also looked at it with a lot of empathy too, because yeah. even though that program has store a lot of anger I have allowed myself to express that anger and also that program also created a lot of good things in me too yeah like my ever wanting curiosity of exploring new things and knowledge ever wanting to learn and and I I don't say better myself because that's Mm. I don't think I'm bad to start off with but it's that that always a student and wanting to learn more. So to, I always like to say to expand ourselves. To expand. More. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I don't feel like we're here to learn lessons. Uh, we have all the knowing uh, we, yes. we always have. We've, so this is the other aspect that the, the opportunity and the challenge, the opportunity is that off the shelf, every single one of us comes pre-programmed with clairvoyant or clairaudience, clairsentience with uh, hyper intuition um, with positive empathy as an empath, not conditioned, um, uh, hyper vigilance that so many of us get with a narcissistic or with other, um, you know, emotionally, uh, emotional states of dis-ease in those that we grow up with and around. And those are the opportunities that we can utilize of recognizing I am not this vessel that I am within. I am the captain of the ship. So if a check engine light goes off, like anger, like illness, like food allergies, uh, and again, everything's connected. So, you know, is this explosion of gluten intolerance in the, in the United States, is it that everybody's all of a sudden allergic to a crop that's been grown for 12,000 years? Or is it that there is a real, very real three-dimensional um, input of glyphosate being poured on all of our crops in the form of Roundup right before they're harvested that are affecting our gut biome and the the um, gut membrane. I always like to go with Occam's razor. The simplest answer is usually the the correct one. So to me, it's like, well, yeah, we're we're dousing our our food in chemicals. So of course we're going to have a lot of issues. And it can also be that touch point of additional energetic stuff from the past to come up and and manifest and intensify or um, you know really make worse the symptoms that we're feeling and experiencing. Um. So I love that you shared uh, that you shared that, and that it is 
I always look at it like carving or like woodworking where we take uh, with a planer, where we take, take a planer, we, we um, move it over a piece of wood and it pulls over, it pulls off a thin strip. So it could be that, you know, for your example, the anger is the entire plank of the board and we're just taking the layers out, peeling the onion. And it is a, it is a, a practice that I always say, this is, this is all practice. Um, and what I was going to touch on earlier, what we're up against is a, from a processing standpoint, our subconscious mind body, which I term our entire system exclusive of our conscious mind is and our, and our heart center, our, our source, our, our, the, the isness of us, the capital U S the challenge is that the subconscious mind body operates at about 20 million bits per second of processing computational power. So without the governor that our system has, we would not be able to function in the world. There would be too much input, the colors, the sounds, the textures, everything would be too much. No way we could drive a car because there'd be too much, too many things going on. So to your point, the system that is to our benefit and there are no bad feelings there are no bad emotions. It's what we do with it that kind of puts that good or bad judgment on it. But it's only self-judgment. Nobody else can judge us. We are the only ones that we are the we are the the judge and the arbiter of our own lives. Um, oftentimes, we'll get entangled and we'll have these external three dimensional things come in, feeling like we're being controlled, feeling like other things are we we can't do anything about. But with this practice, we're moving closer and closer. With these practices, I should say, we're moving closer and closer to that sovereign autonomy of this this connected energetic being that is of and connected to all things, but we're also having these hyper individual personal life experiences as well. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's the practice of recognizing the intensity of our system and the practice of consciously getting our hands back on the wheel because our conscious mind operates about 40 bits per second. So we're up against a system that we're up against and within a system that is 500,000 times more powerful from processing standpoint than our conscious mind. And it doesn't take a day off. It never sleeps, even though we sleep. And it remembers everything as if it's happening right now, because our system is also quantum. So that's where PTSD comes in. It's bringing a past uh, physical, mental, spiritual, emotional expression that happened in the moment back to our current experience because whatever is happening currently our system is recognizing is oh this is similar to that thing we had in the past so run that program that we felt in the past because we didn't die so obviously that program is what kept us alive even though the program is you know hair on the back of our neck standing up we're getting dropped into the limbic system fight flight freeze our adrenaline's pumping and we're, we get dropped into these like these emotional drive-bys and those are the things that throw us off because we're like where did this come from and that's the opportunity to, to dig, to dig deeper in these, in these, uh, self-inquiry, these subconscious inquiry practices. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. Thank you for leading me through that. Mm. That, that was, it was a deeper sense of, obviously, as you guys heard release <laughs> 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 and, uh, and, and inner peace and just reassuring that it's my body and my emotions are not in the way, you know, exactly. I, that might be the title of this pod or the subtitle of the podcast, but yeah. I need to and remind myself that too. <laughs> yeah, I, I am. I, I am not my thoughts. Yep. I am not my emotions. I am not my reactions. Those are all things we experience, but none of those things are us. The majority of those are really, they, they are birthed at that subconscious level. 
And it's just our big, powerful, not very aware system doing its darndest to keep us safe in all in, in, any, in any situation. So again, perspective and practice. So we can look at it like, oh, thank you. Thank you, little Lauren. I know it was, it was intense. It was crazy. Yep, we, we got this. So that's expressing that empathy for ourselves, almost looking at it like, so this is another way to disrupt. I always say we can use humor or empathy. Um, there's a, a great practitioner. I think he's out of LA. His name's Saadi Simone. And if you haven't checked him out, he's, he's a riot. He's, he's spot on, but he delivers it with humor. And I love, and love him so much. Yes. <laughs> so, so he calls his, uh, inner voice. He calls his, um, uh, negative self-talk Bianca with a K. So, I mean, we can come at it with humor, like, Oh, no, not today, Bianca. I see what you're trying to serve up. No, I'm not, I'm not biting today. Or we can use empathy. And for empathy, I like to use uh, an image I've got of myself when I was little, uh, which is me in a fireman's helmet, plastic fireman's helmet, cowboy boots, Superman underoos, and holding a flashlight. And so, again, this is a hyper-personal journey we're on, even though we are connected and there's helpers everywhere. So, you know, if I'm, if I'm down in the dumps or if I'm like, I'm really feeling a visceral reaction. I'll either use humor to disrupt or empathy. I'll be like, oh, little Kev, you know, even just visualize pulling your younger self onto your lap, you know, like, like buddy or sister or guy or whoever, you know, whatever your, whatever your familiar labels are, communication style is, hey, we got this. We're going to go have adventures together. All that stuff that happened in the past, that's not you. That was them. So we can let that go. And obviously that's easier said than done. That's where the practice comes in. And if you're hitting a roadblock or you're feeling this intense, like I just can't get past it. I always recommend look for, look, seek out a helper. And the two most impactful um, approaches or practices for, for me, as I mentioned before, uh, the emotion code and uh, psychological kinesiology. Those are amazing amazingly expansive practices to really get to the root of what's going on. So we can then expand in this self-directed, self-realized, um, peaceful, balanced, present, abundant experience in life. Which is who we really are. That's, that's who, who we, we that's, really at, are. Yeah. At the end of the day, that's exactly who we are. hundred percent. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, on that mic drop of a moment, um, was there anything else you wanted to tie up loose and wise before we start to close out the show, Kevin? Um, that feels, that feels pretty complete for our conversation for yeah. today. And there's, I mean, we, we talked earlier offline. There's, I mean, we could talk for hours ad nauseum. There's so many different paths and connected avenues we could go down, but as far as a snapshot, I think, I think that's pretty good. I do too. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you so much for coming on, guiding me through that. Hopefully you guys have the time and space to maybe re-listen to this or do it as you listen to it the first time. Cause that was very, very helpful for me. I hope it was for you as well. And thank you so much Kevin, for coming on. And we end every show the same way. How may we, the listeners as an act of gratitude, be of service for you and return today. It's absolutely my pleasure. I've, I've enjoyed our time together immensely. Um, and I would say uh, what everyone can do is, is uh, begin or continue working the practice continue down your journey uh, to, or, or your path on the journey, I should say, and continue to explore methods of disruption that work for you. Um, we, we talked about some today and they've been, you know, powerhouses for me and they, they're very functional, but not everything is for everybody. 
Um, so in, in the book, I, in, and throughout the book, uh, there's a, a kind of a through line, which is take what you need, leave what you don't. So this is up for us to decide what we need and what we don't. If you're interested in more information, tools, tips, and practices, uh, radicalenlightenment.com is our website. If you're interested in a deeper dive and really um, getting that assistance, calling in those helpers for some of this work, uh, you can find us at rapidtransformationsessions.com. And uh, all our social links are on there and we're putting out, I, I got this hit. Um, uh, Interestingly enough, I had a my own uh, uh, additional dark night of the soul. To your point about not, um, and I'd love to actually touch base with you on that about you know kind of out of body and um, and looking moving through these experiences of fear. That would be another another one I'd love to talk to you about. Um, but I, last fall was just a, a whole tumultuous you know deep dive into kind of some some darker thoughts and places and some some nooks and crannies I hadn't realized were still nooks and crannies in my own system. And what I came away with, and this is again on the, in, the insight and the um, intuition my wife got, she's like, well, share, share what you were doing five years ago. And I was like, well, five years ago, I was designing. I wasn't, I wasn't doing this five years ago. And I was like, okay, what about three years ago? And then I hit and it was just give it all away. So if you're, if you're on Instagram, definitely check us out on Instagram because we're, we're sharing all of these practices and all of these methods for how to disrupt how to get underneath the, the reaction to find out what's going on at the subconscious level, uh, different breathwork techniques, different methods of inquiry. Um, and just, yeah, stay connected and stay, stay expanding because uh, uh, a rising tide lifts all boats. So the more we help ourselves, the more we help each other. And uh, sometimes if you're interested in that help from another, if this resonates, reach out, hit us up, and then we'll see what we can do together. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Kevin. And if you guys follow through if you feel connected but also if you if a loved one came up during this episode while you're listening to it please feel free to share this episode or share anything that kevin and his wife put out into the world because that does also help raise the tide as well so you never know how listening to a podcast can impact impact your life and i had so many kisses from the universe from listening to podcasts that, that was one of the inspirations of why i wanted to to have my own and to host beautiful souls like Kevin on here. So yes, thank you so much. It was such an honor to hold the space together today. Lauren, it's an absolute pleasure. Anytime. Thank you so much. And remember, open up, surrender, trust, and let your body lead the way. <laughs>